Teach us, enlighten us, so that we can stand strong in the knowledge of your word, so that your truth can keep us, O Lord of God, so that we'll be victorious as soldiers of Jesus Christ in whatever you have called us and given us to do. We thank you, O Lord, for your presence in our midst today. In Jesus' name, amen. The Word of God says that my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. It is not because of lack of power. It is not because of lack of zeal. It is not because of lack of money that my people, the church, Christians, are walking defeated. God says my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because they do not know the truth. Why? Because the truth sets us free. Because the truth brings the power of God. Because the truth enables us to walk in victory. And truth comes from the Word of God. Amen. Therefore, when we deal with this series of spiritual warfare, it is not just a topic. Because many people will have the impression, oh, I'm not interested in this topic. I'm interested in other topics. This is not a topic or a subject. It is the truth of God's Word. It's a truth that will equip you. It's a truth that will arm you. It's a truth that will establish you so that you are able to know who your enemy is, what his strategies are, and how you can be equipped to deal with spiritual warfare and be victorious in your Christian life. Amen. When we talk about the roots of the conflict, the roots of this warfare, and how it began when Lucifer wanted to be like God, wanted to exalt himself as God. He wanted to take the worship that belongs to God. And he was banished from heaven. Then we talked about understanding your enemy. We talked about the wiles, the devices, the deception of the enemy, his strategy. And we found out last Sunday that his main strategy, his main device is deception. Is lies to delude and to deceive humanity in their mind to blind them to the truth so that he can control the mind and thereby the actions through the lies and the deception so we know that Satan's primary weapon is lies he's a liar the Bible says he's the father of all lies and in this warfare he is motivated by his hatred towards God and God's glory but because he cannot get directly towards God he directs his anger and the Bible says it is a great wrath it is a mega wrath he directs it to the church and to the body of Christ and to us to you and I so it began from your physical birth how Satan wants to blind you to the truth and hinder you to the true gospel of Jesus Christ but if he could not stop you from accepting Christ and believing in the gospel of truth, the gospel of Jesus Christ, then now he wants to stop you from fulfilling God's will on your life. He wants to stop you from God using you. So that your life will not give glory to God. So that if he can get you as a Christian to be back to be living in sin, to be bound in sin, it takes away glory from God. It brings a reproach to the name of Christ. And like I said, he is against the glory of God. He wants to take away God's glory from the earth. 
Amen. Hallelujah. So he will lie, he will deceive, he will make you doubt the character and the nature of God. He will make you think that God is angry with you when you are not. He will make you think that God hates you when he does not. Why? Because Jesus has already satisfied the full wrath of God's anger against sin and against humanity on the cross. God is not longer anymore angry with man. But he will make you misunderstand that and deceive you. The second error that he will deceive you is your true worth and your identity. That's why when I was dealing with the series of righteousness, I talked about how the primary knowledge that believers must have is to know your Heavenly Father. That is the foundational knowledge on which you must build your life. Why? Even as a child that is born physically on this earth, the first knowledge they have is the knowledge of who their father and mother is. The second knowledge that they have is who they are in relation to their father and mother. That is why the second knowledge that you need to be established in is your identity in Christ. Your true worth, your true value in God. Because that's an area Satan wants to come and attack. Because man is created in such a lofty position. In the image of God. With the glory of God given to them in Christ. Satan hates that. Because Satan as Lucifer occupying a position as an archangel in heaven. In the very presence of God fell from that position. He wanted the glory of God, but now God creates another class of beings called human beings, sons of God, hallelujah, with the glory of God upon them, with the image of God upon them. And the Bible says in Psalms 8, we are created a little lower than Elohim, a little lower than God. That means you have great potential, you have great value, you have great worth. And that's why he comes to the text and tells you, you are no good. He takes your self-image. You are unworthy. Your parents left you. Your mother left you. People don't like you. You are worthless. He attacks the self-image of man. And he will make you live as an animal. Either through your carnality and sin. Or he will make you think that you are God. Push you beyond Either way is to get you out of your true identity in Christ. Because we are not gods. Amen. But New Age philosophy will tell you, you are gods. All of us are gods. There's a God within all of us. Hallelujah. So your relationship with God, your relationship with yourself in your true identity, your relationship with godly authority, your personal relationships like marriage, family, ministry, all of that are one of the primary areas where God, I mean, where Satan will come and attack. And that's why walking in love is such a powerful tool that God has given to us. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, Ephesians chapter 6, let's go there. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. Paul says, finally. That means some very important instructions are coming. Finally, these are the last things I want to say. So listen very carefully. That's what Paul is saying. And then he goes on to talk about spiritual warfare. 
about how our fight is not against flesh and blood. We do not war against one another, either other tribes or other denominations. They are not our enemy. Amen. Or other religions. But our warfare is against principalities and powers. In other words, spiritual forces that are opposed to us. Now, this is not telling us to be strong. Come on, be strong. Merit, be strong. Zulu, be strong. Now, this is not what this phrase is implying. Because sometimes we say that to one another. Especially before exams come and you're panicking. Your friends will say, be strong. Or sometimes we go to funerals and we tell someone, be strong. Implying. Be strong in your own willpower, in your self-confidence. But this word, be strong, the word strong is the Greek word, endunamu. Amen. Which simply means to be endued with dunamis power. Dunamis power. When we know dunamis is explosive power and supernatural ability given to us when we are filled with the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, the Bible says, You shall be, you shall receive power. You shall receive dunamis, explosive ability, supernatural power when you are filled with the Holy Spirit. So the Bible says, be strong in the Lord. It is like filling a flask with hot water. The flask was empty and you filled it, you endued it. In other words, you were empty, you were spiritually dead, but when you received Christ, you were endued with a life that came from heaven. You were endued with heavenly nature, with dunamis power. Amen. Hallelujah. So be endued. That means be strong in the supernatural power and ability that comes from God. That means on your own and in your flesh, you are no match for Satan. He will defeat you every time. He will walk on you. He will stamp on you. And you'll be under his feet when you try to deal with it in your own flesh, in your own ability. Because this is a spiritual conflict, not a mental, even though it deals with the mind. Amen. Not a physical, not an intellectual, but it's a supernatural spiritual conflict. And that's why we need to be strong in the Lord, in the Lord, and in the power of His might. In other words, this power, it comes from Christ alone. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Verse 11, put on the whole armor of God. Can you say the whole armor? So the emphasis is on the whole armor, not just on bits and pieces, a little bit here and a little bit here. For some of us, we are more interested in faith. or oh, the shield of faith. I want to know about the shield of faith. Some of us are more interested simply in the sword of the spirit. Some of us are interested in other things like prayer. Or oh, we just want to major in the area of fasting. Any spiritual attack, go fast. Any problem, go fast. Not go fast, but go fast. Fasting. So any problem, fasting, 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 fasting. The Bible says put on the whole armor. It comes from the Greek word panoply, which means it's a covering. Amen. It's a whole armor. And that's why we need to major in the whole armor. Not just find one or two topics that we like. It's the whole armor of God. Amen. 
It also means that God is the source or origination of this armor. Because the Bible says, put on the whole armor of God. That word of means where it originates from, where it comes from. Amen. The whole armor of God. So just as we draw our life from God and our blessings from God, we are to draw our spiritual armor from God. It comes from God. In other words, you cannot neglect your spiritual life and still expect to walk in victory. You cannot neglect your spiritual life and still expect to overcome Satan and sin. Impossible. Because it's an armor that comes from God. That means your relationship with God and how you are in union with Him daily is so important to this. Amen. And this is the only armor that can protect you. Hallelujah. Amen. Look at verse 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Take it up. That means it's your responsibility. You take up the whole armor. God is not going to take up for you. The Holy Spirit is not going to take up for you. Your pastor is not going to take it up for you. Angels are not going to come and take it up for you. And after a certain age, your father and your mother will not take it up for you either. You take up the armor of God. That's the emphasis. You take up the whole armor of God. That means that there must be a choice. There must be a seriousness that we bring to our faith. There must be this willingness and this awareness to take up the armor. Amen. So in other words, you need to know what the armor is if you want to know what to take up. Now Matthew chapter 4, Bible says in verse 1, that Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Who led him? The Holy Spirit. To be tempted by the devil. Amen. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights afterward, he was hungry. That means he was very weak physically. He was at a low point physically. And that is when the Satan came. Amen. We must be careful of the times when we are tired physically, when we are tired emotionally, when we are at a low, when we are discouraged, when we are just worn out, stressed. Because that's the time that Satan chooses to strike. We can see the precedence here. When Jesus was weak and tired, because physical tiredness affects your emotional tiredness too. Amen. That's when Satan chooses to come and tempt Jesus. And he does the same to you and us. So we have to be careful of those stressful times. Why? Because when you are stressed, your body will start craving for nicotine. Your body wants some stimulation. And beer just looks so inviting after a hard day's work. And sometimes the devil will come and deceive you, telling you, you deserve it. You deserve to treat yourself with a bottle of beer. And you say, oh, well, the Bible doesn't say drinking is bad, so you justify your drink, and then you wake up after two days. 
because that one bottle went to the second bottle and the third bottle, and then you finished off the stock in your house. So you had a fight with your wife, you took the car, you went to the bush shop, bought many more, and you were not aware of what you were doing. Why? Because it deceives you. You're not sober anymore. You're not in the right mind. Amen. Hallelujah. So the stressful times, those are times we must guard ourselves. Hallelujah. Come on, say amen. amen. Emotionally, when you're tired, when you have a fight with your parents, you have a fight with someone, you had a slinging match, you threw some words at one another, you're tired emotionally, and you're angry. And guess what? That's the moment when you are motivated to do something stupid. I'm going to send this SMS with all these dirty words. I want to just speak my mind and you go and say something in anger that destroys a relationship. Amen? So these are the moments that you need to watch out for. Satan doesn't attack all the time. He waits for the opportune moment. Why? Because he knows you better than you know yourself. Amen. Verse 3, when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. But he answered and said, and I want you to notice what Jesus said, It is written. Where is it written? In the word of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Jesus quotes from the Torah, Deuteronomy. And every young Hebrew grows up memorizing the Torah. That means Jesus memorized the holy book of the Hebrews, the Jews. Amen. In other words, Jesus had his belt on. The loyal belt of truth. And when Satan came to tempt him, it was a spiritual attack. What does Jesus say? He doesn't just raise his voice and spit and shout at the devil and just start singing the song, the devil is under my feet, the devil is under my feet. No. He quotes scripture. He quotes scripture. Doesn't sound so spectacular, right? Because when we talk about spiritual warfare, we want to talk about electricity, anointing flowing, and hitting Satan and he's being knocked out. And Satan comes again, you know, like two wizards. <laughs> we have this mind that Hollywood has deceived us into thinking that spiritual warfare is something spectacular and exciting. Jesus simply said, it is written. And there's power there. Because true spiritual warfare is a warfare between lies and truth. Between deception and revelation. Amen. And we must understand that. Because many times the church will think, I need more power, I need more power. Lord, I need more power. No, you need more truth. Because if you have truth, power will come. Amen. Power is a byproduct of truth. 
For example, how did you get saved? How did the divine life come into your heart when you simply believed truth and accepted truth? Amen. Hallelujah. So the first primary issue is about truth. When we stand on the truth of God, you are powerful. Amen. Satan cannot move you. And Jesus used the truth of God's word. It is written. Look at verse 7. Jesus said to him the second time, It is written again, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Verse 10. Then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. And you can see here that Satan also quoted scripture, but out of context. Even the scripture he used came to deceive. Amen. Hallelujah. So the law and belt of truth, truth and power go together. There's some people today who are crying for more power, more power, but then they want to open up the Bible and read. And Satan has deceived you into thinking that power is available separate from truth. Amen. Charismatics fall to that so often. They don't want Bible study. Oh, Bible study is boring. We want a powerful praise and worship service, Pastor. We want to sing and jump and make the devil mad. He's already mad at you. <laughs> You don't have to sing and jump to make him mad. Jesus defeated him on the cross. He's already mad at that. Amen. You just stand on the truth. Amen. You see, the primary weapon of Satan is lies, deception. Therefore, truth from God is what sets us free from the lies and deception of the enemy. For example, animism. Nagas, we were animists. We believed in the supreme being. But we also believe that below the supreme ring, there were so many other spirits that controlled nature. The sun, the wind, and the stars. And we have to appease these demons and these spirits in order to live successfully. So our entire life was built around a consciousness of evil spirits that need to be appeased with chicken, with eggs, with alcohol. Amen. That was how we were before Christ came. That was a darkness that we were in until the truth of the gospel. Bless God for those missionaries. When the truth came, it set us free. Hallelujah. And today we walk in the blessings of God. We are not perfect, but we are blessed. Amen. As a nation, as a people, as a state. Why? The truth has set us free. But if we look at ourselves, we understand we need more truth. Why? Because we need to be set free more. Amen. Hallelujah. See, we cannot be victorious against the enemy if we do not have the word of God in our lives. This is central and foundational to spiritual warfare. All the other armor of God originates in a relationship with the word, the shield of faith. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. Righteousness. Breastplate of righteousness. Well, righteousness comes from knowing the word of God. Peace. Salvation. All of that originates from a relationship with the Word of God. 
remove the belt or the word, and you have no grounds for faith, righteousness, and prayer, and you are defenseless against the enemy. Defenseless against the enemy. Yet, the majority of believers have not developed a love and appreciation for the word. They esteem the word lightly. They would rather sing or give a concert. They would rather have fellowship or even fast or do some other spiritual activity than study the word, read the word, or come for Wednesday Bible study. Amen. Hallelujah. You see, praise and worship is not the belt of truth. Amen. Fellowship is not the belt of truth. Fasting is not the belt of truth. Prayer is not the belt of truth. The belt of truth is the Word of God. And mind you, it is the only part of the armor that Paul talks about that you can see, hold, and feel. Because the Bible, you can see, you can hold, and feel. The shield of faith, those are spiritual terms to, to describe spiritual reality. Amen. But the Word of God, God has given to us. Isn't that amazing? Hallelujah. Many Christians will say, why is my life in such a mess? <laughs> well, you can ask yourself, am I living or conducting my life active in faith according to the Word of God? Or am I living according to the Word of magazines? Whether it's Cosmo, Savvy, Am I living according to the word of the wisdom of the world? Some psychologist from NDTV or from Discovery or National Geographic with some new discoveries that may have come up about the Shroud of Turin, about the Gospel of Judas or from what this film star said and what this film star said. You know what I'm trying to say? The wisdom of the world, the word of the world. Amen. Are we living our lives by the word of God? Because if you are living your life by the word of God, you'll remain strong. You'll be immovable. If you live your life by the way of the world, by the system of the world, there will come a time of shaking. And everything that can be shaken. The Bible says, will be shaken. The Word of God cannot be shaken. If you live your life based on the Word of God, you will not be shaken. The Bible says, continuously in Psalms 119, Blessed are those who keep the Word of God, who obey the Word of God, who keep the testimony of God. That is the Word of God. See, Jesus fought Satan and defeated him in the wilderness. How? By the Word. That means... He read the word, he memorized it, he kept it in his heart. And at the right moment, the Holy Spirit inspired that word that he needed to strike the lies and the deception of the enemy. So there's a difference between Logos word and Rama word. Logos word is the whole counsel of God's word. The Logos simply is a Greek word which means idea, idea. This is the idea of God. It's an expression. It's a divine expression of what's in his mind and his heart to you and me. This is the Logos, the Word of God. Amen. The Rema 
is another Greek word for word, which means the spoken word. Or we can say it is the inspired word. The Rema is always a small portion of the Logos. For example, when Jesus said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That was a Rema word that he spoke, inspired by the Holy Spirit, from the Logos that he had already known, in order to counter the attack of the enemy, specifically according to the need of the situation. Amen. So if you want the Rema word in your life, you have to first have the Logos word in your life. Amen. Many people who lock themselves up in prayer houses, in the closets, asking God for a personal word. Lord, speak to me. Lord, I want to hear your voice. Lord, speak to me. They are asking for a Rema word, but they never open up the Logos word to read and to study. Let me give you this principle. If you want God to speak to you, Open up His Word first. Read, meditate, spend time in it. And God will inspire the Scripture, a portion of it, to speak to you according to your situation. I can remember the number of times that has happened in my life. Where in times when I have needed to hear from God, as I read through my daily devotion, God would sometimes highlight just a word or a phrase or a verse that spoke directly to the situation in my life. Amen. And I do not advocate opening up your Bible blindly and putting your finger somewhere. <laughs> Amen. Because you might just touch the verse which, sells, which says, go sell everything and give to the poor and come follow me. And then you don't want to do that, do you? Amen. So we defeat the enemy through the word of God. All the pieces of armor refers to the knowledge of the word of God. Every thought that originates in your mind is not from God. Amen. And many times the lies and Satan of Satan originates in our mind as if it's our own thought, but it's not your thought. You're just so used to it your whole life, you think it's yourself speaking to you, but it's not. I'm not good enough. I'm hopeless. You have made it your thought, that's why now the word comes with, I am not good enough. God never says you are not good enough. Then where, the, where does that voice come from? I'm not good enough. I'm useless, I'm unworthy. I'm not good enough to raise my hands to worship God. I'm not good enough to preach. Where did that word come from? Where did that thought come from? It's not from the Lord. Amen. That low self-esteem, that low self-image, it's not from the Lord. So it may come from your own thoughts where you have not been renewed in the word of God to be able to change your internal voice to begin to the point now where if you are renewed, you begin to say, I'm loved, I'm the beloved of God, I'm the righteousness of God. Amen. You change the tape, internal tape. Oh, it may come from the enemy who whispers his lies and his accusations against us, and we are not aware of it. So there I was at this airport. 
<laughs> Come back to the story. And the heaviness, it was like a blanket that came over my mind. And my flesh was reacting to these thoughts. And it was not good thoughts. So, I decided, wait a minute, I have to do something. Because this is really afflicting me. It is really, you know, uh, affecting my emotions and my mental condition too. So I put on my laptop and I went to a sermon that talks about the Word of God as the authority. And before I just started praying, I listened to that. And I kept on listening to that. And there was a message from a preacher called Keith Moore and he talking about get over it. It doesn't matter what you feel. It doesn't matter what your thoughts may be telling you. It doesn't matter what the circumstances. The Bible says you are an overcomer. It doesn't matter what you are going through. The Word of God says Satan is under your feet. That nothing can separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. So make a decision. Are you going to believe your feelings? Are you going to believe your circumstances? Or are you going to stand on the Word of God? And he preaches this like a sergeant in the army, you know. So I listened to it and listened to it and I said, well, I'm going to stand on the word of God. So right there in the airport with all these people around me, I began to just speak out the word of God. You know, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but the power and of love and the sound mind. The Bible says, Satan, you are under my feet. Therefore, be under my feet in the name of Jesus. I'm an overcomer in the name of Jesus. And I began to confess the written word of God. And as I did that, it was almost like the atmosphere broke and the glory of God, the anointing of God came upon me and I literally felt it. It was like one oil that just came upon me and all the thoughts of fear, anxiety and panic, that heaviness and those disturbing thoughts, it just left. And a peace of God came and settled in my heart and mind. And it was like a, it was like, you know, the rainbow broke through the clouds. That is spiritual warfare. Amen. Just stand on the word of God. Amen. But if we do not know the word of God, he can deceive us. Amen. Hallelujah. And that's why it's so important to daily put on your belt of truth. Don't just have your belt of truth. Some people have 20, 30 belts in their house. In all different translations, different sizes, different colors to match their dresses. Unfortunately, it's not in the heart, in the mind. Amen. It's not just having the Bible in your house or in your bag. It's actually opening it up, reading it, meditating on it, spending time on it. Amen. One thing that I ask the people in my church to do is confess those scriptures that talk about your identity in Christ every day. Every day. Get up in the morning and read it out. I am a child of God. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am 
accepted in the beloved. I am justified by the blood of Jesus Christ. I am more than a conqueror. Amen. Why? Because you must create a new image of yourself within you. And the only way you can do that is when you daily remind yourself of what the Word talks about you and tells you. Because you cannot find out about yourself by yourself. The way where you go to discover yourself is the Word. Jesus himself said in the Word of God, I found it is written of me to do your will. Jesus knew that he was called to be the Messiah when he opened up the scriptures and he read. He discovered himself in the scriptures. Many people go to the mountains to discover themselves. They go and smoke some hash in the Himalayas to discover themselves. They go in the beaches of Goa to discover themselves and they get more and more lost. Amen. It's the truth. Where are you going to discover yourself? The Word. The Word. Can you say the Word? The word. But you don't want to do it right. It's so boring. <laughs> I want to go and take some cooking class to discover myself. I want to go and take some other class to discover myself. Nothing wrong with doing all of that. But the true identity is here. Amen. That is just to discover your skills, not who you are. You may be a cook here on the earth, but in heaven you are a child of God. Amen. You may have a skill of singing, but you are not a singer. You are a child of God, created in the image of God, where there is anointing on you. Hallelujah. The righteousness of God. Amen. So you need to find out who you are, discover who you are, and the only way you can do that is here in the Word. Because your own thoughts and your own past and your own memory are telling you a lie. It's telling you you are not good enough. Your own voice within sometimes tells you you are not worthy enough for God to bless you because of what you have done in the past. Your own actions, because you made a mistake, because you lost your temper and you shouted at someone. Your own actions may tell you, you're not good enough to call yourself a Christian. But you are not defined by your past. You're not defined by your actions. You're not defined by your imperfections. You are defined only by who created you. And who created you? God created you. And when you got born again, He recreated you. Hallelujah. Amen. You are doubly made in His image. Amen. Hallelujah. That means He is the only one who defines you. And if you will open up His reality, His truth, you will find who you are. And if you believe that, despite your imperfections and your actions and your earthly reality, you will walk stable, you will walk in the knowledge of God's word and you will walk protected from the lies and the accusations and the slander of the enemy that wants to come and destroy your own image of who you are. You need the word. You need the word. Oh, pastor, I have some prayer words praying for me 24 hours a day. 
I've given my names in all the prayer centers. It's not going to help you. It's not just one armor. It's the whole armor of God. Amen. Prayer wars may be praying for you 24 hours a day. But Satan can still come and deceive you. If you don't know the word of God. Amen. It's the truth. You might not like what I'm saying, but it's the truth. Praise God for prayer warriors and pray for you. Amen. Don't let them stop. Tell them to continue praying. Amen. But you pick up the word and you arm yourself. Put on your belt of truth. Daily. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, are you blessed today? Now, like I said, this armor works in our relationship with God. Amen. It works through our relationship with God. Why? Because it is the armor of God. It works only in personal relationship with Christ. So in other words, we cannot neglect our personal relationship with God and Jesus. We cannot be careless of our spiritual life and yet expect victory over the enemy. Amen. You cannot neglect your spiritual life and yet expect to be victorious. Or you may say, well, I'll just leave him alone. I hope he will leave me alone too. Some Christians will say, I don't want to get too involved in evangelism in church because if I do that, I might become a target for the enemy to attack me. So I'll just leave him alone. I won't get anyone saved. I won't pray for the mission field. I'll just stay alone. This war is not a fair war. Amen. He doesn't fight fair. There's no such thing as, I leave you alone, you leave me alone. No. You leave him alone, he will still come after you. If you can't get you to stop accepting Christ, he can stop you from fulfilling his will, or you, he can send you faster to heaven, even before God's time. I mean, he can. He doesn't have the ability to do, to do that just by himself. He needs you to cooperate. He needs to believe his lies. That you're going to die of a sickness. You're going to die of a heart attack in a young age. Or you will enforce a sin in your life. Enforce a habit in your life that may cause you to die earlier than your time. Could be alcohol. Could be tobacco. Or you can enforce an attitude in your life of reckless behavior and create a situation where you are recklessly driving and cause you to experience death before your time. Amen. Now don't be cynical when I say these things. Because these things are happening. Amen. And that is why. You can't take your spiritual life carelessly, especially in these last days. Amen. You cannot just expect to coast in our spiritual life. We have to arm ourselves with the truth of God's word. 
We need to draw closer to God in a fellowship with Him. So let me ask you this question, especially to the members of the church. Amen. How is your relationship with Christ? How is your spiritual life? Have you allowed an attitude of complacency and laziness to creep in into your spiritual life? Have you allowed yourself to dabble in sin? And you may think, oh, it's small sin, it's fine. Have you allowed yourself to dabble in sin? Have you allowed yourself to compromise your values? Have you allowed yourself to compromise in the ways of the world and not stand and live by the word of God? Then you are right to be attacked and to be destroyed. Amen. How is your relationship with Christ? Are there areas in your life where you need to recognize and close the door on the enemy? Amen. Either through your attitude, your actions, your disobedience. Or let me ask this question. Do you have a relationship with Christ? through a born-again experience. Because like I said, this works only through a personal relationship with Christ. And the only way you can have a personal relationship with Christ is when you accept Him as your Lord and Savior and receive the gift of eternal life and salvation. If you have been blessed through this podcast, we invite you to partner with us in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ from Nagaland to the nations. We make all our series available for free, but it does cost us time, effort, and money to do. So the support of people such as you will enable us to reach more people in more regions. Remember, when you give, the Word of God says in 2 Corinthians 9.8 that God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you, always having all sufficiency, all things, may have an abundance of every good work. If you would like to support our media ministry on a monthly basis or through a one-time gift, kindly write to us at faithharvestnagaland at gmail.com and visit our website www.faithharvest.in and you can go to the giving section. You can also give through this UPI ID 700-568-4533 at Paytm. God bless you and thank you so much for your generosity.